Mm-hmm. I've gained a little weight since we got to the <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your bi-weekly podcast delivering an episode-by-episode breakdown of the original G1 series. This is your episode 107. That means we're covering episode 3, which is More Than Meets the Eye, part 3. And, uh, you know, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, APDC 2.0. That's right, we used to cover the Transformers movie, but this is the remix edition of the show about switching. Mechanical forms, that is. And I'm really very sorry about the R. Kelly reference, but it's okay. He'll be rotting in jail soon enough. And uh, I'm your host, Aaron, and with me are a couple fellows who know a thing or two about dance floor R&B from the early 2000s. Please, gentlemen, uh, cl- cleanse our palate here by stating your name, and, and you're a fine example of the genre. Your hey, I'm Rockin' Ryan, and I, I know music exists. Uh, you know that song? Oh, girl, you're my girl. That that top forty hit. Yeah, who's the artist? Snake Mountain. I think it's the the band. Wow, that would be a good uh, metal band that, that would do a. It's with five S's. Be on uh, Transformers the movie soundtrack. Sure, I, like Cole that. Slither. Okay, well, uh, that's about as as good as I felt like it was going to go with. Great. <laughs> and also with us, of course, is hi. I'm Caleb, and you, you want to what? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite example of two thousands R and B, pop dance R and B jams. Come on, say my name. Uh, he, when no one is around, Tony Braxton wasn't man enough. Okay, uh, I got, I got one. I got one. I got, I got one. Say my name by Tony Braxton. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> <laughs> say my name isn't by Tony Braxton, and you goddamn know it. I don't know. I didn't listen to. Say R&B. my name is Destiny's Child. I don't know. I didn't listen to R and B in the two thousands. The thong song. Oh, that's R and B. Yeah. What that is? <laughs> All those Ashanti songs featuring Fat uh, Joe got, and, uh, and Ja Rule, the Marcarena. <laughs> <laughs> well, this that, did this go how you wanted it to go? So I set oh, myself up about, for failure. Whoop! There it is. <laughs> okay, we're moving right on. Okay. Uh, I was inspired by our fun little dance party we had. We did have a dance party last night. It was lots of fun. I was skeptical. My wife sometimes puts together these weirdly themed parties, and I'm always at first a little like, uh, but this was really fun, and I'm always wrong, by the way. She puts together these themed parties, I'm a little bit, is that really what we're going to do? And then it's a good time. So this one was a dance party. We've been throwing, I mean, it felt weird because there was going to be six of us and two kids. You don't need anymore. That worked out really well. There but was, it, it was fun. And it was so much yeah. fun. And we basically loaded up YouTube with videos at anybody's choice and And seemed to pick every time the very extended version (laughs) that has 10 minutes of movie before the song starts. Too legit to quit. Oh my god. (laughs) If you, uh, 
Now I know why Hammer ran out of money. Yeah. It was that video. That video. <laughs> the Danny Lover makes an appearance. <laughs> yeah. If you guys have not seen the original extended Too Legit to Quit, do yourself a favor and watch it in five years. Don't yeah, waste your youth know. on it. But yeah. Maybe as you're reaching the dawn of life, or the, the twilight of life, rather. Uh, <laughs> waste that time on Watch Hammer's it in the nursing home, and then enjoy the Michael Jackson sting at the end. There is a... The pre- I, it's an undecipherable premise. It is. Hammer is missing. It's very convoluted. He's been missing. All sorts of celebrities, ranging from Jose Canseco <laughs> to Queen Latifah, yeah, to, Queen Latifah. To, to, to Danny Glover, are just asking, where is Hammer? And it's and Jim Belushi is hosting a like a news. Oh, he's like a, a snarky newscaster, <laughs> like doing an expose, but sort of berating Hammer, like. Mm-hmm. And then it's Hammer, like, it's go- wow. They cut back to people so much, and then there's like five minutes before you even see Hammer. Then you cut to James Brown in a mansion, mm-hmm. going up on a throne, uh, and and he's sitting on a throne, and then. We're led to believe he's the that, Godfather. That, and he's, he's passing the mantle. Yeah, he's calling Hammer yeah. a godson, and Hammer is like getting buff. Quote, yeah, he's quote, in the basement. He's not in bad shape, but he's in not the shape where you should just have your shirt off all the time. You got to be in good so, shape to dance your ass off like he does. In sure, area. he's got good cardio, but I'm saying he's not like ripped or anything. How much, he's ripped. How much no, do you he's think? He's not buff. How much do you think that? Video costs in, in, in 1991 dollars. 1991. Give me a guess. Uh, so seven hundred fifty thousand. I'll go with two point five million. You nailed it at two point. <laughs> wow, are you serious? What is wow. that in and today's dollars? I don't know, but apparently obtaining that's got to be like five. James. Bills. So for James Brown's appearance, uh, it wasn't it wasn't easy to get make that happen because he was in jail at the time. Oh my god! <laughs> and he was uh, he was set to be released the day the video production began. So Hammer. Had a private jet pick up James Brown in South Carolina and bring him to L.A. And then um, they had to add in two extra days of private jet because Brown wanted to spend some time in Vegas after a production. Is that even legal? You're not supposed to leave the state, I don't think, if you're on parole. Well, it sounds like he... Well, I don't know. I'm sure they figured it out. Or just didn't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it was... Yeah. But like anyway, yeah. yeah it's to finish bon- it's bonkers. It's so weird. so Hammer comes out of the basement. James Brown does some blesses him. There's and, fire and and oh oh and I forgot to mention. Meanwhile, there's a, a a stadium that where Hammer's supposed to be giving a concert and he's not there. And the whole stadium full of people are getting antsy. There's yes. kids with Hammer dolls and people going like, "Ah, where is he? <laughs> like, he sure is taking a long time to show up." Hammer's back at the mansion. Godfather blesses him. All of a sudden, his entourage of dancers is around him, and then James Brown throws some fireballs and shit at him. <laughs> is that, is that, what was that in uh, Street Fighter? Like, Hadouken. Hadouken's there And somehow does. it magically teleports them to the stadium where they're performing, and then... It's crazy. And there we go. And, that, and 30 minutes later, so the music that's starts. Like, that's like 10 minutes into the video. It really is. Uh, so... So we had a good time. It was fun. <laughs> Yeah, it was a fun dance party. I made hard. I made um, deviled eggs. <laughs> they were delicious. Thank I you. exposed everybody to the uh, herpes. The treat. Well, in addition to uh, one in five of you got it. Uh, <laughs> in addition to that, I exposed you guys to the magic of tahini on peaches. Yes, like you invented it. 
<laughs> I discovered it and exposed it, it to you. Yeah, it, it was, was good. It's like the chili powder on mangoes. Mangoes, yeah. yeah. Except it's on peaches. And Although it's better than mangoes. you went That's crazy good. and was like, it goes on everything. Yeah. Let's put, put it on, on your watermelon. watermelon. It was good on watermelon. It was disgusting on you watermelon. We're doing lines of it on the kitchen counter. <laughs> <laughs> Supercharging stuff, man. Uh, all right. Well, uh, other than that, what else is new around here? We're assembling a Patreon page. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to announce that we had it up by the time this episode drops, but it probably isn't. So um, we'll say next episode. So well, next that. episode we're recording today. So well, we will. Inject that. It's more time for them to save their pennies and donate. That's right. You know, uh, for... We're saving up money for, for a big music video. We're going to get James Brown. <laughs> We're going to get the ghost corpse. of James Brown. He's dead. I wonder if uh, uh, the ghost of the, of the iconic, iconic moment can him? recruit him. That's right. Boo la quit. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, let's see here. Uh, shout outs. Uh, oh, I, I want to just shout out Mike Cyber and Alpha Magnus, who there was a great Mike Cybert's been on a run of Transformers. He did episodes a, a text lately. like, "What? What? Why don't? When do I just officially announce that this is a Transformers podcast?" <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it's he's been on a roll, and there was a great interview with uh, Alpha Magnus. Talked about customization, the customization scene and it was a cool listen and i've personally since contacted alpha magnus several times and had uh all all, all my business ideas rejected by him so <laughs> it's i just like to sharpen my pitch you have terrible <laughs> ideas you're bad and you should feel bad that's right i do and i, I do i asked him uh i dm'd him about um his 3d printer i him and uh bono i asked them both about the 3d printer and they, they had some good information because i want to get one i would like mm-hmm. to make some props and stuff like that and um they had some good uh, information of like it was really meta because they were both like yeah you get the printer and then you have to print upgrades for your printer and I'm like that's crazy I didn't even think of that wow. was a thing but yeah hmm. it's uh, apparently absolutely necessary wow that uh, why aren't the manufacturers it's just because uh, the printer it's, it's in is it all like of they them. want you to practice <laughs> no it's more like it, the, the printer that's in all of our price ranges and like uh, Bono said that hers that she uses I mean it was like a 200 300 printer and, and she has like the same kind of success success as like people who have two thousand dollar printers but like that's what the upgrades do is they make the printer better okay well, fair enough. Yeah, so I'm See, gonna, so Christmas very is industrious. Up. And my birthday. What uh, price range are you looking at? Two to three hundred dollars. And what? How big of a? It's on my Amazon wish you? list. Uh, it's like a. Do you have your wish list published like a porn stars and strippers do. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram models. <laughs> my, give me some tips. Don't ask me why I know that. Um, but yeah, no, it's the the size is like it's pretty pretty reasonable. I think it's like eight. Eight inches square or something like that. I don't remember, but it's a it's a significant platform. Okay, cool. And what's and, and that's as that's the size of the printer, and that's as big and no, like the size that you can print like at right. once, okay. like one, the one piece. If you get one of those, I have some ideas. I that, do too. That uh, obviously, you okay. Might, but uh, but since Alpha Magnus rejected me, you can't afford to reject me. I'll make your life fucking hell. <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> And also, back to Cybert real quick, he's been doing a series of interviews with a number of participants of the local uh, Cybefest Northwest, which is a Transformers convention up there, uh, like different vendors and stuff. So it's just all very interesting, like people that are really, I was saying with him on our on our group text that, you know, we interviewed Ron Friedman, and that was a super cool moment for us, but these are all, he's so far removed from the franchise, mm-hmm. like he doesn't remember anything. No, no, no. I and, mean, he, in his, in his 
video, his Kickstarter for I Killed Optimus Prime. He calls Ultra Magnus Optimus Prime. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you know, all these people are really the heart and soul of everything that goes on around Transformers fandom, yeah. and it's just really cool to hear their stories. Absolutely. Let's see here. Oh, one more shout out. Hang on. Got to show you guys. You gonna dance? Yeah, I'm gonna dance. <laughs> Too legit. <laughs> <laughs> Takes off running. He's running away. Oh, wait, he's going he's like Kool Aid through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. It's a flashlight. It's a it's, big flashlight. I need, well, you know. I need a, <laughs> you know. It's a, du- it's a double ended flashlight. <laughs> so we can do it together. Oh, I wonder if those exist. Probably. That would be crazy. That is an That's inverse like... double ended dildo. <laughs> Surely that exists. If not, I'm copywriting it right now. So shout out to our uh, our our friend on Twitter, Iceman Retro Cabal. Uh, he shipped us an amazing print. Oh yes, uh, it is really big, but it's uh it's this Tom Whalen celebrating Transformers the movie. And it's so awesome! It is Ooh. badass. Ooh. You might recall that he. Uh, he meant to give this to us at TFCon LA, but he accidentally <laughs> gave brought it. a Ninja Turtles yes. one by the same artist, which was awesome. And then as we were kind of texting back and forth about it, he was like, if you want, send that back to me. <laughs> I can yeah. tell he just really wanted the Ninja Turtle one back and really wanted us to have this one. It's so, so great. So we sent it back and he got and it back. It's so big. But it's beautiful. There's actually two color variants of this poster, and I like this one better. Ours has more of a red tint and the other one has more of a blue tint to it but thank you but this one is uh, my preferred so anyway thank you again uh really appreciate it it is a badass thing i'm gonna we're gonna have to get it custom framed speaking of presents this is like i told you i didn't have anything for your birthday and i just picked something up when i saw it and thought of you and this is what it is so i'm giving it to you now okay birthday present months late but I'm sure it'll be very thoughtful. I don't know. I don't necessarily like appointment present giving. Very excited. I love material possessions. <laughs> All my wealth. <laughs> Bury me with my wealth. <laughs> Raul's Wild Kingdom. Wheel of Fish. Town Talk with George. Bully for Burgers. Why, this is a UHF shirt. Yes. This it, is really cool. It is a licensed uh, UHF shirt from Fright Rags. I need to. I've heard you guys talk about this before. I need to explore it. They have lots of good stuff. Well, this is awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, it's gonna make uh, my wife's sister's boyfriend Derek jealous. very jealous. Yes. He's a t-shirt aficionado, and this aficionado. I'm good. No, aficionado. 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 <laughs> Fish tacos. Fish taco. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Yes. Plus, for my Aww. What did you get me for my I, birthday? I'll show you. I, 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 got you I got you that. Wicka, wicka, wicka. Now you can spin. Turntable. I mean, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I'm uh, this uh, lazy Susan that I have yet to be showcasing. Not because I, I don't know. Think it's a stupid. I, guess, I, need to figure, I need to figure out what I want to do with it. I don't. Well, I was thinking you'd put your transformers on and spin them around in circles. <laughs> <laughs> Just late at night at 3 a.m. He's in the bathroom doing that. Actually, I'll use it for my Transformers tea parties. They'll be sitting across from me, of course. I will oh, pour their tea, yeah. lazy Susan it around to them. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, we should probably talk about this show. Are we still on air? <laughs> 
So let's do a quick last episode recap. This is this is three of three of uh, of the more than meets the eye series, and you'll recall three of, uh, it's three of three. Wrapping yeah. up the pilot. That's right. Oh, really? I thought it was like a five-parter or something. No, no. Then, uh, we're <laughs> what did you watch? We're recording episode four today. That must have been super confusing for you. <laughs> it all made <laughs> sense. To, to I'll see your notes make, on that. It all seemed to make sense. Oh, whatever. All right. Go. Well, uh, there are some things that definitely don't, but we'll get into that, <laughs> that later. Uh, quick recap. The Transformers crashed on Earth millions of years ago. They just woke up. The deceptive ones are going to take... Earth's energy and rule the universe. The good ones are going to try and stop that shit. After saving some humans on an oil rig, our new human friends conned the Autobots into letting them hang out with them for a little while. You've got Hound, Mirage, and the gang spending hours trying to impress all the Earth kids while Soundwave (laughs) hacks into Teletran 1, steals all the information about Earth's energy resources, and then uh, their first stop, uh, the Decepticons go to some dam, there's an epic battle, the original Prime Megatron fight, laser axes, more Morning stars, the cons take off with about 20 Energon pillows. Next, <laughs> stealing some diamonds or perhaps coal or oil, whatever, doesn't matter. And then finally, they go to Earth's richest energy source, Burmese Rubies, Bomb Planet, 60 seconds, boom, Bumblebee's dead, Sparkplug dead, Roller dead, and even Optimus Prime dead. dead. Yes. I wonder if I can. <laughs> Tell my neighbor to <laughs> cut it out and stop doing yard work. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> we open up, Prime rolling down a hill. Shit's looking bad, but the but you know he ends up at the bottom of the hill. The crew <laughs> shows up and and picks him up and puts him on his wheels. I would say that's probably not the easiest thing to animate, like a big rectangle rolling down a hill. <laughs> You don't think? Well, they, you can tell that they like really cut some corners with like yeah, the wheel. Uh, I will say with this part where we, they push him up on his, um, uh, back up on his wheels. There's a little like shock right. bounce. It's, yeah. it's a yeah. nice touch. That was a good call. I, so we discussed last time that there was some pretty good animation. Mm-hmm. I feel like this episode is pretty good as well. Yeah, um, all especially compared to the first episode. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I didn't have a problem with the animation on this one. I, I like a lot of it. So Prime's hanging on, but what about Roller? He, well, that little R2-D2 motherfucker is coming rolling right down. <laughs> it the literally R2-D2 sounds. Yeah, Safe yeah. as can be. Wow. Right up in Prime's ass. <laughs> Everything's good. Yeah, like, so Prime's, Prime's like, oh. Well, I, mean, I, I was not going to say that it sounds like he's dumping ass whenever he, they put him back up on his wheels. Prime, can you hear me? Oh. I'm not going to say that. No, it, it's a pretty classic moment. Oh. Watching him struggle to transform is weird and disturbing to me. It, it, oh. Especially with the sound off. I'll try. I, uh, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, uh, I've almost got it. Come on, Prime. You can do it. Try harder. You got it. You got it. Come on. Welcome back to the land of movies. I think this might be the only time we ever see a Transformer struggle to transform. I may be wrong. Does it mean that, like, you can get 
kind of stuck in your transformed state? Well, in the books, at least, oh. there is there are some of the books where they can't transform because they're so low on energy. Someone did one where he was like, oh, Fuck. Oh, I think that oh, was Dr. Smooth. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think they even edited yeah. in a fart. Like, it was like a, it's like those goofy, like, bonk sound effects. Do yourselves a favor if you've never watched the Dr. Smooth uh, re-edits of the Transformers. Yeah, they're enjoyable. So, uh, he transforms, it's gut-wrenching, uh, but then as soon as he transforms, you're 100% new. Yeah, he's, he's fine. fine. No had, painful he grunting. He just had to transform. They were, like, cheering him on. <laughs> you can do it. It's weird. So it now weird. we can focus our energy on Sparkplug and Bumblebee. Uh, they really gloss over how everybody's cool. <laughs> like, everybody's fine. Even, as we'll see, spoiler in a moment, the Decepticons are not really yeah. hurt. Yeah. Oh, and, and oh uh, we have here at, like, a uh, Ironhide display with the power of the, like, a drill that just comes out of the cannon yeah. that he has. Which, which looks like the toy, actually looks a lot like the toy guns that shoot, like, little projectiles. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Uh, the one that he had, or you're saying it? No, not. I don't know if Ironhide had it, but like I, maybe it was Grimlock or. But I had toys that had like guns that looked almost like that. That had a little spring-loaded thing where they shot projectiles. Okay. Uh, his face looks garbage here at the two minute and twenty second uh, part, but he's but just having fun. He uh, this actually this piece of technology he has here, which is kind of a drill gun, annoys me because I have the masterpiece Ironhide, but I have the first edition. It wasn't until later a special edition came out and had that included. So the lesson here, kids, is never buy anything until real late. Make it. Or you just have to keep buying new editions. How many primes do you have? How many? I only have one version of the MP10 Optimus Prime. But the new Optimus Prime is coming out soon, so you're going to see $500 disappear from my bank account. (laughs) Are you getting Unicron? I haven't put in for it yet, but I should. I mean, Seems pretty awesome. <laughs> I know. I just, I almost want to get two because word on the street is they'll double in value pretty quickly. And why not gouge people who enjoy it? It's um, like, called the market, fuckhead. Uh, <laughs> the I'm, capitalism. I'm okay. <laughs> if someone's willing to pay for it. Then um, <clears throat> I, uh, I, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter being like, "Well, here's what I'm selling in order to get the uh, the Unicron." And like, uh, I think I have the Armada Unicron, and I was just yeah. curious about as to what that was. It's going for like. That's like 200 bucks. So I have a version of the Armada Unicron here, but it's painted up. It has a different head. The head is more G is G1, and then the painting is more uh, G1, and it was like 200 bucks. Yeah. And I was gouged for it because I think it was probably 100 when they first... So that's my emergency. This. I'm out of gin. I put this up on eBay. Okay. Well, come to your boy first. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, great. Great. <laughs> Uh, the friend prices. <laughs> I want to pay shipping. So they're they're digging into the rocks. Back to the the troubles <laughs> on the mountain here, and uh, you know he, he's just really jackhammering into that rock. I feel like if mm. somebody was on the other side of that, they would get their brains drilled in by Ironhide's. <laughs> it just here. goes through Sparkplug's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a sad moment. But it's Jazz mm-hmm. who ultimately finds uh, B and Sparky, pulls them out. Everybody. Embraces. It would make way more sense if, like, Sparkplug were inside the transformed Bumblebee, and that's how he was protected. But nah, he's just in the, the rocks. And but no bruises, no spikes, Yeah, everybody's cool. No nothing. Really we, glossing over it. We just embrace, and it's a good day to be an Autobot, or a friend of one, or the father of a friend of one. I, 
I just like, happened to work in this very mine. It, 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 Wheeljack wasn't kidding when he said it would blow in 60 seconds. And I'm like, yeah, that would be a terrible no, joke. No, no. We were kidding. Yeah, but he corrects and says 59.99. Yes. What the fuck does that mean? Why, like, why can't you just do it precisely at 60? <laughs> I do like that it word. Yeah, no Wheeljack sense. does the, well, actually. So he actually said it shorter and didn't <laughs> so tell anybody. Wheeljack is a psychopath. I'm yeah. telling you. We'll see soon in SOS Dinobots. Well, yeah. he, uh, I mean, yeah, to your to your point, what if he had secretly said it for like 50 <laughs> seconds? Right. <laughs> just, Let's see what happens. You see, I was trying to kill you. <laughs> Those, our wheeljacks are not great. I'll keep working on it because I love a wheeljack impression, which Chris Lotta doesn't even have his wheeljack impression down yet. No, it's, it's yet real spotty. Point. Uh, so Optimus Prime applauds the effort of Bumblebee and Sparkplug. Thanks to you, the Decepticons are finished. And, you know, everybody shares a laugh at how it was almost at the expense of Bumbleplug. 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 That That sounds filthy. (laughs) That's a thing we're going to do. Um, so he, he, Prime's just basically saying Decepticons are dead. He starts the victory lap. They're under all this rock. The planet is their plan now is to gather resources themselves and get off the planet, mm-hmm. which makes Mirage very happy. He does not like Earth. <laughs> He's not into it. But the Autobots, you know, they tend to think they've they always tend to think they've won a little too soon, <laughs> very early to announce success. <laughs> and an explosion from inside the mountain reveals that the Decepticons weren't nearly as trapped as Optimus Prime thought they were. The uh, art in particular here on this shot of Megatron I think is really good, like the bottom up shot. It's a very dramatic pose. I, I do like, like that angle. There's a similar shot of Prime that we'll see used about 5 times. It's yes. a similarly dramatic Underneath I have him. notes on that as well. So, uh, Fusion Cannon opens up the path to freedom for the Decepticons, plus all of their Energon pillows are still functional, so they grab about 20 of them. I guess those like. didn't react to the explosion at all, either. <laughs> they they just take off. They don't even engage uh, the Autobots. We kind of have point. changed from Energon pillows to, like, Energon encyclopedias or pizza boxes. They almost look like. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're flying around with a bunch of Britannica. <laughs> I would like. Would you like to buy some World Book? We have the some, World Book Encyclopedia. And there they go. And they're off. The so, Decepticons are escaping. <laughs> Ironhide wants to make chase. Uh, Optimus Prime tells him that the Decepticons are too fast to catch in the air. Ironhide is like Bumblebee, the insect, not the Transformer, in that no one told him he could fly, so he does after the Decepticons and against Prime's orders. Mm-hmm. Blue Streak goes after him. They agree to fight together, even though Blue Streak was acting like he was going to retrieve Ironhide. And uh, <laughs> so here we have this sequence where they engage the Decepticons. I, there's a couple of things. Like, there's a slight animation error there where they, they show... Okay, I got so much on this part. Um, well, Anthony, it's a pretty from, funny part. Anthony from the the TFU uh, touched on this during his review of the More Than Meets the Eye trilogy. But up to now, the Decepticons have really handed the Autobots their ass consistently, oh, yeah. all the time. Um, and smarted them in every single way. Absolutely. This is actually also one of the few episodes where Blue Streak plays a significant role. He's really rarely in the show. Um, and then there's like that slight animation error where what looks to be uh, Ironhide's weapon that is in his van, like mm-hmm. the cargo area, comes is is it's in on his, his back, back, and then it shows it coming out of his back, which is not not a huge deal. Um, but this whole the whole pacing of this scene is very strange. Yeah, they hang there for a long time. Yeah, they so 
they fire he fires a rocket at Skywarp, which which clips him and knocks off one of his tail fins. And then uh Skywarp's like, I'm gonna can I engage? Permission to teleport. And (laughs) Megatron's like, Yeah. So he does the thing he does, which is warp in the sky and appears behind them, and then he starts firing rockets. Um and Which also I guess teleporting fixes your fan. (laughs) By the way, I, I just a quick comment. I, I never noticed before that the Decepticon the Decepticons fly in a pattern like geese do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's a, a good point. Yeah. I didn't, there must I, be a strategic. When I first out. saw it, I thought for a split second, I thought, "Is he firing that missile at a bunch of geese in the sky?" <laughs> <laughs> He's hunting it's a flock of cons. <laughs> yeah. it's a, this is like Skywarp's ability to teleport, in addition to like Mirage and Hound's ability, are super super useful and super underutilized. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here we have, I think, what you guys were referring to, 30 awkward seconds yes. of bad missile firing. There's like, it's like no sh- dialogue, no real animation. They're just kind of looking around. Except they're like, they move the cell, the animation cell, up and down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There so, it is. I so love the it. Fir- so the first missile goes right in between them. But the sound effects are great, by the way. They sound yeah. a little like bottle rockets, but, <laughs> but, they, but they are good sound effects. One goes right in between them, and then the next sequence is Ironhide and Blue Streak. It's just a static animation cell, and it goes in between another fo- shot goes in between them again and then they slowly <laughs> just move just it up and down move down about 3 inches <laughs> And a rocket goes and fires over the top of them. There is a full... And then they just stand there. And, oh, and, then, there and then they do actually a pretty cool scene where they kind of, uh, they, they veer to the left. And mm-hmm. that's actually, I feel, executed That is cool. Well. I just thought it was unusually long, right? It is. Yeah. There's a full, is. there is a full second between Skywarp getting hit by Ironside, Ironside, Ironhide's missile and where he says anything. A full second of nothing occurring, which in a 22-minute children's episode of a TV show is really weird. And yeah, and this whole sequence, yeah, is just terrifyingly long. So Ironhide gets hit in the back with uh, some uh, some laser fire. Mm-hmm. Skywarp switches the laser fire, and then he just falls to the earth. That's a good shot. And uh, Blue Streak goes after him. Uh, with luck, he splashes <laughs> some kind of pond yeah. in a in a foresty type area. Uh, Blue Streak dives in to save him. The rest of the Autobots shows up. Jazz uses his patented pulley gun. We're going to use the. Fuck I like out that, of that we thing. keep seeing that. I know I thought it was a one-time use thing, but and maybe We've it's seen just it in, in this every episode. episode of the show. I yeah, think so it's, far. It's I mean three. He's three for three on saving people with it. So Ironhide is injured. So Ratchet's going to patch him up after being stopped from telling war stories. I know. I thought of Cup whenever I. Was, yeah. uh, it's been worse. I remember a time on Cybertron. Yeah. <laughs> this whole sequence is very hot rod cup. It is. He gets told to save it, and um, Optimus, and then Optimus lays on a lecture, and then sends old uh, Ironhide to the infirmary. Here. Well, I, I like this because Prime transforms and says, "Let's get out of here." <laughs> I know. <laughs> His classic rallying cry. It doesn't. Let's quite, get out of here. Doesn't quite have the ring of roll for it. But there is a TV trope named this, which according to an official Trivial Pursuit question, is the second most often used phrase in movies. Right after, what? guess what the first most used line in movies is. So there's let's get out of here. That's the second most. All right. Um, Think something nice and sweet. I love you. Yes. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Um, uh, I will post the YouTube uh, Rain Alexander video, which is a two and a half minute supercut of that line from like seventy movies. It's it appears twice in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Hmm. 
Well, it's, sometimes you got to get out of here. <laughs> let's let's <laughs> get those, out of here. All those people are generally in situations where uh, <laughs> they got to get out of here. <laughs> so uh, we're back at this point. The Autobots, the Autobots, get out of here, mm-hmm. uh, and then we go back to uh, Spike <laughs> and his journal. Yes, he starts journaling. Which... I was just thinking of. Oh, I'm. I'm no, just, go ahead. Go ahead. I just remembered there was a whenever we worked at, at Twin Oaks Country Club, mm-hmm. there was a member, Aaron, that was, you walked up to talk to them. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was. A, I'll go ahead and tell that story. I was. A, it was a lawyer, an old grizzled lawyer, and uh, everybody kind of warned me about him and said that he was kind of a tough customer, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and I was, you know, a young, eager. I was probably being over attentive. at the bit, <laughs> but he was. But he was, you know, he was slamming down the old charters, which is not a premium beverage by the way but that's what this old lawyer like I think it's a call and uh he and I so I was just getting him refills it was getting towards the end of their thing end of their meal their experience together it was a a four top as they call it in the mm-hmm. industry and uh but they were lingering so you know I was just continuing to check on them and every now and again when I'd check on them somebody would want a drink refill and eventually I went up to them and uh, I was like all right hey, you guys need another drink refill and he goes we're fine get out of here <laughs> get out of here it's like the weird, the craziest thing to say to somebody in real life. I ended up getting along with those people really. Well yeah, they Once you get to know them, they're not, they were nice. But yeah. Anyway, that was we just go. My first experience. We got back to Spike journaling. Can you? T- yeah, this. I had to re-listen to this two or three times, and I still didn't quite understand that. What was the last thing he says before he's like abruptly cut off? Like something about being president or something. He said he thinks Optimus Prime would make a great president. <laughs> yes. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, well, Hound, well, do you have something to say about I, the journal? Let's back up one second to the Spike journaling. I don't hate Spike, and like after we are doing our presentation, <laughs> <laughs> you think that's funny? Yes, I Spike's fine, but like a lot of people hated Daniel, and but after our, our presentation, nobody hates Daniel at TFCon in Chicago. Nobody hates Daniel anymore. It was a great we, presentation. We, we made a great case. We see how popular he <laughs> or how useful he is. I didn't even I didn't even hate Daniel, but like, do you think it's accurate to say that the producers of these shows? Like even to this day, don't seem to understand that we don't necessarily need a human like that we're supposed to identify with. Like we're here for the robots. Do you know if you need it or not? We don't live in a world where you ever got the opportunity to experience Beast that. Wars. But this is already an established thing. But you're, I mean, but it's a good point. That's the only one I can think of. Beast Wars and Beast Machines is the only one I can think of without humans. Okay, well. Ryan's right again. Also, look at about at like 6.05, and I think weird hands run in the Witwicky family, because Spike's hand at 6.05 is so tiny and strange. You got them Trump hands. Compared to his other hand, especially. it's. I think it's just foreshortened weirdly. Yeah. Anyway, that's, so, <laughs> that's all I had about that. This whole... The, oh god! Hound so, and Mirage yeah. uh, are now fucking with Ravage, who is caged up and furious. Which is just mean. Don't do that. And they they ponder why the Decepticons haven't come after him, which is a good question because he does have all that knowledge about Earth's resources that doesn't really <laughs> matter. But uh, Hound starts practicing holograms at this point, no doubt to impress his skills to impress more Earth kids, and and, and he's inspired by something <laughs> Mirage says and it, it, some big idea. Yeah, this like thing is weird of like maybe keep your prisoner inside the base or like who, who also was, what's weird is they blink in this sequence. Yeah, I saw that. Well, I didn't notice that before. 
Who is the voice of Mirage? Because his voice is real cool. It's like, like, it is like, cool. like this. There's an animation error where Hound has kind of inside the cage there. It's, the cells oh, are layered properly. Yeah. But I don't know who does Mirage's I voice. Should have, I, I actually intended to, as we um, interacted with characters that weren't in the movie, I thought you were look up the that. voice actors, and I just totally Great. brain farted on that. But Mirage has other episodes. We'll be back to it. Hold on. Can't get enough super cool. Mm-hmm. That's what he reminds me of. If we found out that he was the voice of the sugar That's bear. That's not inconceivable. <laughs> The and Mirage is blinking again here at the six minute forty nine second point. I, I don't. We'll have to see if blinking is a thing that continues on on the show. I don't remember seeing it anywhere else in this episode except for right here. But I do like a lot of the angles that they use. Yeah, this. they're very dynamic. Uh, so Hound goes to Prime to explain a big idea, which they're not revealing to us, the audience, yet. Um, they did, all we know is they're going to use some big hologram to trick the Decepticons into fighting on their terms. That'll impress some Earth kids. I'm not letting that go. <laughs> oh my god! Every episode we'll talk about it. Oh man, this like this. Rat. Yeah. So, how did Mirage fake some information in front of Ravage? And they're very convincing to plant the seeds of a plan. They then, Ravage blinked, <laughs> and they they then accidentally in finger air quotes drop the keys of the cage so that Ravage can escape, which he does. And then they fake pursuing him to sell yeah, the plan even further. But do they also? What's weird about this? Do they <laughs> do they fake react to prime? That is weird. We'll see that it in a second. Make, it almost is like, wait a minute. Yeah, like oh, here we have Ravage's little grabber but, arm, which comes out and, and grabs yeah, the keys. I love it. Um, <sighs> and but there yeah. are some third party cages you can buy for your Ravages out there. And I think there's one that comes with a grabber arm. So. Yeah, you think like, okay, yeah, they're under, understood they're playing along here, but then the way they react to Prime is like, okay, well, Ravage got away and he's like, their mouths, their mouths falling open. Are yeah, really, they go to Prime rage. and they're like, they're like, scene. Ravage is gone. And what, what does Prime say? Does he say, excellent or excellent something or like perfect that. or great yeah. or what? I don't remember. And then, like, all, and then all their mouths are like, <laughs> it's like they so have... it doesn't fit with what's go- the ruse that's going on. By the way, oh. uh, Mirage, voice of Mirage, Frank Welker. Oh, oh. All, right. all right. Well, I guess we don't need to cover that now. <laughs> done and done. This is the weird thing right here. Where um, this one's the weird thing. Well, um, th- where so like, we've switched back to the Decepticons. We're, we yeah, say. eight minutes twenty four seconds, and uh, we're listening to Soundwave playback Ravage's findings, but we're actually listening to the voice of Ravage. Yeah. That's weird. I don't know if they ever do that again. I, I don't think so. Ravage is talking, detailing the Autobots' fake plan to get fake rocket fuel from a fake location. Megatron is all in. If Ravage does talk, can he only talk in tape mode? Right. It seems that... only if the magnetic and tape is whirring through sound waves. I think so. Which is the craziest notion <laughs> that it's ever been. There was also a very strangely proportioned symbol on Soundwave's chest. It was. His chest looked weird. Yeah. Out there. So, um, Megatron is all in. On... You couldn't lead. I am the leader of the future. You couldn't lead androids to a picnic. How can you pretend to lead the Decepticons? 
That was uh, pretty stupid. So Starscream is trying to get some shine here. Uh, Megatron isn't having it. He's blaming Starscream for any lack of progress they've had to date, which is true because you recall that sound or that Starscream wasted a bunch of energy firing it, yep. a, uh, a cannon. Starscream weakly makes his case for leadership. Uh, Megatron lays out the cons, <laughs> uh, including the picnic thing. Uh, Starscream then tries to assassinate Megatron yeah. again from behind. Is this the first time? I can't remember. I, I think this is the an, first time he you tries. Might be right. Well, I think he. I think he'll try again before this thing is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the one. And then Megatron puts up like a Borg shield, like to deflect the weapon. Yeah. So Starscream uh, tries to shoot at him. Soundwave gives an assist and warns Megatron. This random shield that Megatron can create out of his fusion cannon happens, and then we get Starscream something very sexy. Begs for forgiveness. Uh, but Megatron just blasts him in the arm with his fusion cannon and uh, then pronounces his uh, intent to f- attack the, the rocket I, fuel I, place I really, at sunrise. I really think that all of this for the two of them is an elaborate public role play that they like to carry out in front of the other Decepticons. I actually saw this. Um, and so it's, they're, yeah, they're getting, they're getting off on this. This frame was actually shown where Starscream crawls over to Megatron on his knees was a thing on Twitter I saw. I can't remember who it was that posted it, but it's like, do you think Soundwave is just going to sit there and watch? Uh, so we shift to a shot here of Hound. He's this cre- is creating the, the fake, the fake base, wow, it's uh, amazing, hologram though. style. And shortly thereafter, the Decepticons well, rise so they are. to attack. This is a truly ludicrous amount of energy that is used to create this hologram. Like, if the Autobots need energy... How much power does this take for Hound to do? That thing? Yeah. There is really a lot ludicrous about this sequence. Not only the amount of energy to project it, and then, like, okay, so there's that energy spent, but then the the stupid, like, the... Autobots are dressed up as rocket, oh, I rocket fuel scientists. So, a couple things. As There's two star screams miscolored. There's a rare moment where Megatron shoots out of his pistol barrel from his well, back. Yeah, yeah, it's watch. not an animation error. It's like though. another gun. No, that's not an animation error. I'm saying that star scream oh, is... There's, oh. there's like several star screams. But, the, yeah, this part where the Autobots are in lab coats, I'm like... Here we go. Okay. Why are they even out there? Why wouldn't Hound make human holograms? Yeah. Who would be fooled by giant robots and lab coats? Yeah. Especially giant evil robots who know you're here. Where did they yeah. get giant lab coats? Yes, logistically. <laughs> how did you like procure they, they those? They sew that shit. Unless the giant lab coats are the hologram. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's that's very sophisticated. So So we see some sweet brawling here. Um, and, and about the time <laughs> Wheeljack pops a reflector so hard that it just crumbles into bits, I hadn't we seen realize this in so long that I'm like, oh, that's gruesome. Man. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought he had actually killed a guy. Yeah, me and, too. And then I was like, oh, I fell for it. Turns out Megatron uh, was onto this stupid game from the jump, and that he sent these decoy Decepticons to distract the Autobots while the Decepticons were raiding the real rocket site. So that I, brings up a whole other thing. Oh, of like, yes. Why would he? Why? Why, if you knew this was happening, why send anybody over exactly. there? Exactly. <laughs> I have that note, too. I'm like, so there's this, I thought, because of that, I thought there was going to be a double reversal where the Autobots really were setting a double trap. Oh, okay. But gotcha. no, they're just incompetent. No. And then Megatron just rubs their nose in I like it, that. I guess. No, I, I'd say Megatron, I like how Megatron sends the junk robots just to just to further rub it in the Autobots' face that their plan didn't it's work. It's so hard. They, they made fake Decepticons <laughs> to do this. Yeah, but 
I would wait to rub your nose in it until after you've already uh, yeah, ravaged just, the other facility. Just go to the real facility. Also, there's a real facility? Yeah. Also. <laughs> I, know, I know. I thought the whole idea of the plan was that there was just a fake facility. Turns out it's right like three Let's miles away from a real facility where they can get rocket fuel. And how the Decepticons fuel. figure out it was a trick? And that's another thing. There's no evidence that gives away unless Ravage can unless just Ravage detect bad acting. Off screen was like, it seemed really easy to get away. <laughs> so, okay. We go to the real rocket site. We, we didn't point. call it out you earlier, but... Cape Carlson? Is that what they call it? Yes, it, it's, it's Which, just supposed to, like maybe Cape Canaveral. Yeah, except the, there's a problem with that. This is in the middle of the desert. Yeah. A cape is something that is um, next to the ocean. I to mean, be, as we to see, be honest, we don't really know where the fuck we are. And so, absolutely. Because as we saw in the last episode, the Decepticon ship crashed into the ocean, which appeared to be just right off of the Autobot base. That's true. And as we'll see at the beginning of the next episode, apparently the Autobot base is right next to a cliff that overlooks the ocean. That's what I'm thinking of. Where are they? Uh, They're everywhere. (laughs) Wherever they are has a a wide variety of geological activity happening. So back to the real rocket base here. Cape Carlson. Uh, <laughs> the Seekers land we get some and uh, start, start fucking some shit up immediately. And the humans are doing everything they can to stop him. They're not even denting them. The Decepticons easily overpower the base and steal all the energy. The Autobots uh, do nothing about it. I never realized, I, I'm sure you guys don't remember much about the... Michael Bay's first movie, but there's a scene in Michael Bay's first movie where the Decepticons make their presence known at a military facility that is like just like this. Oh, it I don't actually takes it, no. more of an homage than I would oh, like to give him kinda, credit that's for. That's kind of neat. Yeah, uh, 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 Mike. Uh, <laughs> Michael Andrews. Yeah, he'll be he'll enjoy that because he likes the, the Michael Bay movies. Mm-hmm. He'll enjoy that. that Shout out to Mike Andrews. The small concession that we have there. And then, yeah, the Decepticons just get all the Energon pizza boxes. (laughs) (laughs) Pizza time. (laughs) Prime, at this point, calls an all-hands meeting. Uh, The cons have enough energy, they've deduced, to uh, leave and return to Cybertron. That means the Autobots are going to have to attack them. But because the battle will be dangerous, he requires uh, volunteers. What were you going to say, Caleb? Nothing. Really, I'm commenting on how the Decepticons... Okay, fine. I was going to comment on how the Decepticons in all of this have also managed to build a space cruiser. Yes. Yes. They're building stuff from nothing. Um, Quite well. Yeah, very well. They seem to, at every turn, outsmart uh, and out... Yeah, outsmart the Autobots in every way. Well, they're the only... They're, they're proactive, as, as we're saying. They, as we said in the last episode with the Heifer uh, whines, um, but they're better than us, or whatever they kind the of, says. They kind of are. They are. They're the only ones that have a vision for the future they want. All yeah. the Autobots do is react. Yeah, the reaction. And the Decepticons are like... You know, you gotta you gotta keep the end in mind, as they say, and they yeah. have an end in mind, and they're working towards goals. Yes, they're goal oriented. I'll tell you what, I always keep an end in mind. Wink. <laughs> That's a good point, Caleb. It's true. Like, and even like 
we get a and they could have been attacking that base at any at any given time. They true. know where the Decepticon base is, by the way. It does seem like they they're just fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we like this is the most important thing. So he's asking for volunteers. He go. should be making everyone do it. Yeah, he's a military leader. <laughs> like, like, there's no uh, choice. We need to do this, <laughs> right? So uh, it's run like a summer camp. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know what kind of army. <laughs> I do like the kind of that they show a little battle damage on Ironhide there. Mm-hmm. Everybody volunteers. Of course they do. Uh, and they roll to the Septicon base so that they that they know where it is. It is interesting to me. I never realized um, that they were trying to make Hound the go-to yep. human buddy yep. uh, until Spike. re-watching this for Spike. And um, because, yeah, we see uh, Spike uh, uh, defaults to Hound as his, yeah. as his power. And I actually kind of... Okay, here, controversial statement. I prefer Hound to, I don't like Bumblebee, really. I don't really care about Bumblebee in the G1. Like, he's not interesting to me. I prefer Hound as the, and we'll see it up until like episode like maybe 10 that he, that Spike is still, cause SOS Dinobots, which I think is episode 8, uh, it, Spike and Hound go to a museum together. Hmm. Wow. Anyway, I prefer Hound. Well, I know Bumblebee starts to come in right at episode four, and they kind of start buddying up a little bit. That's true. Right? That's but, you're, uh, you're right. Maybe maybe Spike and Hound break up. Yeah. I wonder if there was some passive aggressive shit going on between Bumblebee and Hound <laughs> after that, where you know Bumblebee jealousy was him. taking hold. He and... came in in the night with a knife to yeah. his throat. He's That's like, "My fucking Spike human. is mine." <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad. I th- well, I'm glad you paused it there, like at the 13, 17 mark, yeah, uh, where we see the puffy, the like, dramatic angle. That was actually the second time there yes, was one of those back at the, uh, at the uh, at the lake that Ironhide landed mm-hmm. in. So they're rolling out. Well, oh, I had more about that. Okay. <laughs> well, the, we see this transformation sequence even uh, again near the end. Um, this was created by uh, Masami. Masami Obari? I don't know if that's how that's pronounced. Well, the character, he was a character designer and artist known for mecha-related anime productions, and this series was his professional debut, um, though exactly which transformation sequences he did is not really known, uh, but that's definitely in his style, and it's speculated that he directed The Call of the Primitives. Oh, really? Which wow. is also... Okay. It, a lot of crazy angles. He said that he did... On Twitter, he said he didn't remember, and the uh, animator... Um, uh, st- said that he he was not actually the animation director for that episode, but the combined Predaking was animated by the Shin Matsuo Studio Ox studio. Uh, studio. So that okay, it was the, the that very stylized thing, about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, where where are we? The Decepticons. <laughs> Sorry. They're close to board. They're close to boarding their space cruiser here, and uh, the Autobots' first act of aggression. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is to just encircle the base. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> Strangely. And uh, the Decepticons, they, they they start to board the cruiser. They see that they are under siege. And uh, Megatron commands the Decepticons to transform, but he's the only one that transforms mm-hmm. at that point <laughs> into his gun mode. Except for the fact that Soundwave releases some tapes. Uh, we're gonna the tapes see... really play heavily into all these episodes. Like, they do a lot of the heavy lifting of attacking. They're, and, and they actually have kind of distinctive personalities, mm-hmm. more so than even the Seekers or the Reflectors. Absolutely. Good I do, I do like the transformation. I, I like the Optimus front-on tra- truck-to-robot transformation. I think all of these transformations used at this sequence are the ones that are repeated at the credits yeah. sequence. 
Um, so Megatron turns into a gun. It's a weird battle. This whole battle is weird. Why? Well, Prime's battle, like the platform, gets blown up by Megatron's cannon. Spike throws a rock and knocks off Starscream's gun, and Blue Streak runs over it. It's just, it feels very strangely choreographed to me. No. Maybe I'm the only one. As a six-year-old, it all makes perfectly good sense. And it's the first time that they're experimenting with what the hell they're going to do with these characters. So we paused right here at 15... The 15 minute mark where yeah. Rumble and, and Hound are it's the re- rematch. The rematch. But it looks like that, that this might have been animation from the first episode underwater because there seems to be bubbles. the bubbles. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. I, we have to go back and check that out. What the hell is happening there? There are bubbles coming up on the screen. Was was he ever choking Hound out? No, he was not. This thing, this did not appear. So I'm thinking they might have just reused stuff that was like animated, they animated and cut. It and then put it in here. Yeah. But I would think those bu- those bubbles are certainly different cells than where the line drawing of the characters are. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's I real guess, weird. Unless we're just to think it's desert dust. <laughs> <laughs> or smoke. Uh, I just don't think the animators really could care. They could just like, whatever. It's, well, this is the only animation error we've ever seen. He, when he picks up Rumble, he uh, has his hand around his taint. <laughs> Yeah, that's, like you do. To yeah, chuck him. That's how you, that's I mean, how you do it. Or else would you grab him to throw him like Whenever that. you pick someone up to throw them, you put your fing- your thumb in their butthole, mm-hmm. and that's how you get leverage. Wait a minute. You can't get... I mean, if you're picking them up from the front, you'd have to put your... Here, let me show you. Your middle and... Oh, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Theater of the mind. <laughs> okay, so... So, Hound starts just, <laughs> just wailing, pummeling on. Rumble at I this point. I love the Seeker transformation there from standing to blast off. That was really the cool. The Seekers join Laserbeak. They fire on Cliffjumper and Wheeljack, who fires on them. We see perhaps the first incarnation of Prime's trailer turning into a battle station here. Mm-hmm. He fires on Megatron. Megatron <laughs> fires on it, destroys it immediately. I don't know what exactly knocks off it's a um, very confusing. the arm cannon off of Megatron here. A, be- a beam comes at him and knocks off his arm cannon. Don't know where that Theoretically came from. from the battle platform, but the, the sequence of animation makes it very confusing. I've heard uh, rumors that people believe it came from Prime's Prime finger. finger yes. <laughs> a, uh, a Transformers underground uh, idea. Uh, they get into a boxing match. They they just you know they they pummel it out and Spike at this point in time and Prowl they team up on Starscream as Ryan was referring to I think that's where the uh, arm cannon gets knocked off by a rock and then run over by I thought it was Prowl I guess you're right it is Blue Streak right uh, I think nope, no it's Prowl, it's Prowl. <laughs> and uh, Ravage knocks Megatron off Prime at this point and then the Decepticons just get the hell out of here and and despite the Autobots best attempts. The cruiser takes off, and we hear what can only really be described as a feral scream from Optimus it's Prime. It's true, and once as it again, goes to commercial. we see that the tapes are the only thing that seem to be able to fell Optimus Prime. Ravage takes him out, and like this comes back again and again. Where Soundwave's tapes, I'm just thinking like they're the MVP of the show because I know that. You know, later in the season, we will see that Laserbeak really kicks Optimus Prime's ass a couple of times. But, like, I didn't remember the tapes being as important as they were. I just want you guys to listen to this. (laughs) 
It's a very Shatner-esque scream, like Khan from Star Trek Movie 2. Star Trek Movie 2. The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> I, I think Optimus is awfully temperamental at this part of the show. He is, he, this is he right says, now, he has snapped. Yeah, he's like, I don't He's know. about to get real crazy. He goes, he's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, lost it. He's, he's, he is more, this is the most emotionally unstable we will see Prime for a while. Because he's about to go, like, rage. <laughs> it is pretty funny. As the, so we're back, we go to commercial at that point and come back. Uh, the Decepticon ship is heading for outer space, and uh, Jazz speaks up at this point, and he's like, it's over, Prime, we've lost. And then Prime says, not yet, and he commandeers Sideswipe's rocket pack. Which is now a thing. And, and, he, and he gives chase, and then the Decepticons pull out some artillery and fire on him. There's a direct yeah. hit, and he just falls to the earth. And and crash lands. He when, is, when, which is when he, gets, when he asks for that jetpack, they're like, "I don't know." And he's like, "Give it, give to, it me. to me." Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. He's... And so, after falling even worse than what we saw in Burma, he and he had those issues from yeah. that fall. He's just fine. Yeah, he just yeah. shakes it off. But yeah. well, he's in robot mode. And, and so, <laughs> so yeah, that whole. I, uh, are you okay, Optimus Prime? I said I'm fine! I know, he's, like, mad. He's like, small messed up. It's gotta be pride fucking with him. Yeah, he's <laughs> prime pride. pride. You. And then that whole, uh, yeah, you guys already mentioned it, but that you did all you could do, and Prime's just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's just Maybe. weird. The, it's this crash. I mean, he falls from orbit. Like, I know. And see the just, curvature of the Earth. And he just falls in the exact same place where he <laughs> that's was. That's true. That's, impo- that's ridiculous. But, yeah. That falling sequence is actually, I, I feel, yeah. fairly well animated. Yes, it's very good. The, the, the tumbling, specifically, when he hits Most the ground. Most of the animation in this episode is good as well. It's, it's very good. Not, not quite to the level of the last one, but still very good. So, uh, <laughs> with the exception of shaking a animation cell up and down to indicate dodging missiles. I wouldn't call it shaking. I just, just inched it up. <laughs> yeah, just pushing it back and forth. Just a little bit. Um, so the team regroups and and notices that Mirage is gone. Where, where? Where's Mirage? I don't know. Every, whenever Mirage isn't on screen, everybody should be asking, where's Mirage? It's true. <laughs> he could be there. Any, at any given That's time. True. Mirage, Mirage is a career. Mirage, are you here? <laughs> Never masturbate at Autobot headquarters. <laughs> Let me tell you. So, back to the space cruiser. The Decepticon space cruiser. Megs is gloating. And uh, Starscream, though, is going to make his final move This sassy little pose that Megatron does whenever Starscream's threatening him is so adorable. <laughs> so he just puts his hand on his hips. His, like, his cock is just thrust <laughs> yeah, out. Like, come at me, bitch. <laughs> so Star- Starscream's arm cannon is raised. Megatron is amused. He's not scared at all. Megatron relays that if Starscream were to defeat him, there would always be somebody waiting to take him out. Um, at this point... Uh, Mirage, this is where Mirage makes his presence known. Why does he make his presence known? <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? Well, because we need to see it. <laughs> because, <laughs> because he's visible. But yeah, but he could, he could have been outlines and that's indicated a great point. to the audience. That but he's invisible. Like Wonder Woman's jet. 
Yeah. So he's visible and and thereby now detectable by the cruiser's security systems, and he fires on some computers, gets just shot by Starscream. of computers that cripples the shuttle. Yeah, I guess he just knew the exact uh, ones to knock out. So he gets shot by Starscream, who gets shot by Megatron. This is a Mexican standoff done right. It's true. It's like Reservoir Dogs. And then we see Skywarp has like an extinguisher function. But it's not enough. Despite the Decepticons' best efforts, they can't regain control of this ship. They're going to okay. crash. So Mirage bails out, which made me think, wait a minute, all the Decepticons can fly. Yes. Why don't you just Great leave point. the ship? Yeah. It's true. I mean, Flight at this, at this point in the series, come and go. At this point in the series, all the Transformers can it's fly. It's true. So why does Mirage even need a parachute, as we'll see him using... In a few moments. Yeah. Well, the Lambo twins also use a parachute in a little bit. Not in this episode, but Ooh. later. <laughs> anyway. I'm looking forward to seeing the moment where they establish that Autobots can't fly. I'm not sure exactly how far There is, is an actual spoken... Starscream says in one yeah. episode, Autobots can't yeah, fly. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I'm talking about. The Decepticon cruiser crashes into the ocean... I, I, I Again, don't, Mirage, also, based on where they are, should they be crashing? They were outside of the atmosphere. Yeah, because you can't, they didn't oh, reach, they, they didn't. Mean, they got to do something. I mean, I, mean, I get it. But from orbit. a physics standpoint, there's no way they reached um, escape velocity from gravity's Earth, or from uh, Earth's gravity will. No, no, no. How far out would you have to be? You got to be real far. Like how, like to the moon, Alice? No, no but like, uh, like a third of the way. Really? Okay. Right. It's it's far. <laughs> but satellite, gotta, are like, all satellites more than a third of the way? No, no, moon? it's mostly about speed. No. Like, you just have to be going fast enough. Like, okay. if you're going fast enough, basically, you can escape. Like, you could drive at 60 miles an hour out of the Earth's atmosphere if you have enough fuel. Mm-hmm. It's all about speed and fuel. Like, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter, like, uh, it's not necessarily distance. As long as you have enough energy and speed... To get out of Earth's gravity well, you'll escape it. it. It's just a matter of, like, the energy you're using. But at a certain point, distance does have to have a, does have a factor. Well, sure, but, like, if you... That's, like, because rocket fuel is so heavy, that's the problem is, like, uh, cre- with, like, we don't... Like, NASA doesn't currently have a rocket that could get us to the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the Apollo missions, those rockets were enormous because you have to have so much fuel to get you out of Earth's gravity well. Like, there's three stages. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it, it just has to get you going fast enough to escape. By the way, mm-hmm. standard satellite orbit, standard satellite orbit, mm-hmm. is about 12,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Distance of the Earth to the moon is... 240,000 miles. I'm still blown away by the 12,000. I can't believe they're that far away from the... There's 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 some variation, but standard sure. satellite orbit is 12,000 miles. Well, I will just forget it this one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's more amazing is the fact that anybody landed anywhere close to no, it's where they came from. <laughs> that, that ocean right next to the Autobot and Decepticons headquarters. Mm-hmm. Which makes a great point of, like, coming up later, like, the Decepticons are just off the coast. <laughs> like, the Autobot and Decepticon bases are a couple miles apart from yeah. each other. Yeah. 
uh, I would have thought the Decepticons would have gone a little bit further. But, you know, everybody made decisions about thinking that the other team was incapacitated. When the Decepticons yep. left the Ark, they were like, Autobots are done. And and now their Autobots are about to do that with the Decepticons again here, and they're basically like the Decepticons are gone. Well, Our path is clear now. I like where uh, uh, Optimus says, "We knew you were anxious to get back to Cybertron. At the least you could have done was wait for us." And Mirage responds to Prime with, "Sorry, Prime. The ship was full." Which makes no sense. The joke. (laughs) They all laughed like it was the most hilarious. What could that possibly mean? (laughs) So Jazz at this point proclaims it is time to get back to base and repair their own ship. Um, There will be no goodbyes to their human friends because Spike and Sparkplug have scammed their way onto the ship. They conned their way onto the (laughs) ship. They're going to go to Cybertron too. And uh, I would 100% go to Cybertron. The the Autobots transform and roll back to base. We're going to see that uh, dramatic Optimus Prime angle Mm -hmm. one more time here. We've got a (laughs) three-peat. Three for three on this episode for, for that transformation. The coda to the story is that uh, Spike gets back to journaling. Mm-hmm. Because of the Autobots' heroism in preventing the Decepticon theft of the world's energy, which, by the way, they didn't do, <laughs> <laughs> the governments of the world are all contributing energy to help the Autobots get back to Cybertron. Mm-hmm. They all chipped in. Very nice. I would, too. I'd be like, yeah, get the hell out of here. <laughs> You're not helping us. You're not adding value, Autobots. Yeah. And, and, of course, Spike had to say something dumb like, I'm glad we don't have to worry about Megatron and the Decepticons anymore. More because that cues the the, the yeah. imagery to show that they're There's, still a threat. They say it over and over. <laughs> so and if over you guys, again. let me ask you this: If you guys if, say we're Spike, like all three of us were in this position of Spike, would you leave Earth to go to Cybertron? Oh sure, these guys are cool. I just would do it because it's like there's legit aliens and another world I could go to. One hundred. I mean, I love. I I'm going to space before I die. Like it's gonna happen. But I I have to. I mean, my kids are in school right now. I wouldn't be able to. They're go taking to care of themselves. They're old enough. No, I just I'd have to pass I mean, on that. Technically, Ryan, you're you're in space right now. All right, asshole. <laughs> It's Spaceship Earth. <laughs> so that, uh, and by, uh, one other thing I'll note is uh, that ship that is in perfectly good shape that Megatron just settled nicely and slowly <laughs> on the bottom of it. And you know that whenever you're plummeting in an uncontrolled crash into the ocean, your ship's going to be totally mm-hmm. cool. So that brings us to the end of that episode. That yep. brings us to the end of the More Than Meets the Eye series. What do you think, guys? Are you in? Are you hooked? Oh, Yeah. Tropes. We had Ironhide as rocket launcher, mm-hmm. uh, Skywarp warping, a Ravage forearm grappler, Hound holograms, uh, Megatron slinging that gun barrel around his I waist. I think there is a there a maybe I might have dreamed this, but I think there might be a Hound toy that comes with those keys. I think the upcoming masterpiece Hound toy comes with those keys ah. and a little hook on his mm-hmm. hip to uh, place it. Which on. also like you're using keys. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a very old school circus cage, and, it is, and it's, it's on like the key, cage they put Dumbo a, in, and it's on a key ring, too. like an old school jailer from yeah, the right. Middle Ages. A sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> one keys to get inside the ark. One keys to start the ship. One keys to start himself because he's a jeep. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, this one, no, this one. 
happens to this trail. I like how the, 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 the listener can't to the storage can't, can't see this, but when uh, Caleb pulled out the key to start himself, he jammed it in his neck. Yeah, because he's called trans. Well, look at him. He's transformed. He would have to put it back here. Oh, Don't you know how your own toys are made? Nope. So like yeah, but in the shoulder, but the shoulder blades. The ignition is clearly up here in his upper back. Speaking of ignition, let's talk more about the R. Kelly ignition remix. I don't even know what you're talking about. That was what I opened up the episode. Oh, oh yeah, that's uh, right. With uh, I forgot about your love for R. Kelly and how you how you no, agree with everything not, he's done. No, no, it's not true. Uh, okay, uh, Ryan, you got any? Uh, I, Trivias. There aren't that many. Um, it does ver- the script does verify that it is supposed to be Ravage's voice coming from Soundwave. Um, so since there aren't really any other than that, I, I I wrote like some toys that were. Oh, <laughs> no wonder I remembered it. I wrote some toys that were inspired by this episode. Um, the masterpiece MP27 Ironhide. Uh, this figure included uh, some accessories that were seen in here, including the back-mounted missile launcher. Um, and the drill hand was a pre-order bonus for the figure's second release in Asian territories other than Japan. That's what I was griping about. Yeah. Oh, I oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's uh, right. The Masterpiece MP44 Convoy, um, one of the accessories included was the third iteration of Optimus Prime in the line is a rocket pack he borrows from Sideswipe in this episode. Um, and the pack is molded so it can be used by the Masterpiece Sideswipe mold also. Uh, the MP47 Hound, like we were talking about, yes, one of the accessories is, uh, he includes the key that he used to uh, enclose Ravage. And yeah, other than that, there weren't, I mean, that was why I included that, because there weren't really that many script. Like, it was pretty close to script. Gotcha. I'm just going to TF Wiki, see if there's any interesting trivia. Or I guess that's, you probably just covered all this trivia, didn't you? I think I took it directly from it. <laughs> okay. Shout out TF Wiki. Uh, that's where the finger of doom comes in. Okay. All right. We got it covered then. I guess it's time to talk about our. All right, so, okay, we can. We can. I am the ghost of the iconic moment. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What you this got? Is, this is a tough one for me. Me too. I, uh, which is crazy since it's like the you know the capstone mm-hmm. episode. But <laughs> what will probably stick with me more than anything and be the most memeable is. Prime's either grunting while transforming oh, or no. being a dick after he fell yeah. to the earth. That was very out of character. I wouldn't call those. They're they're not necessarily iconic per se, but they're they're they stick. They're going to stick with me now. I yeah. I think I had the same kind of thing. I didn't really like this episode all that much, and it was kind of a bland ending. Um, I, I I think I wrote down like the "Let's get out of here" was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But also Starscream crawling over to Megatron on his knees was weird. <laughs> and that's all I had. I'm like, there weren't really that... There was yeah. a lot to this, this episode. This wasn't very climactic. No. Well, I mean, uh, animation-wise, it's there, there's the iconic them transforming into themselves. Yes, into that's blood. true. That's a great... That is a really good point, yeah, actually. Guess, everything... Pay, pay attention. Everything no, from, okay. <laughs> basically, almost 80% of the end credits sequence comes from this episode. Mm-hmm. So we were right in the first episode. We were like, some of this comes from... <laughs> well, we were talking about... The opening animation. Right, that's true. And none but of I think was. all of the... Right, exactly. <laughs> it's all the credit animation that comes from the show. 
As as we as we know, uh, this cartoon that we're covering took place in the '80s. In fact, this very episode was first broadcast September nineteenth, nineteen eighty four. And I think it'll be a fu- it'll be a fun thing for us to kind of uh, take you, a little trip and see see think, what is going on. You think this would be a good idea? Yeah. Do you like it? I like it a lot. And, and you know, see what's going on in the real world. All right. So uh, what happened? Did, to the did real you have world? anything on this? Did you have? Oh, a, was I, I was supposed to? No, I haven't. I'm just asking. You uh, I <laughs> Caleb's said, panicked. Look, I said face. no. I said that I would do. Okay. I um yeah. I got um. All right. Uh, Ronald Reagan was the president, <laughs> and he was he was traveling that day. Oh, I didn't know. That's um, and is this fake? <laughs> I think Caleb. The planet Neptune was discovered. No. Yes. These are I not didn't two finish. Facts. I didn't finish. Discovered by my uh, in Mrs. Feldman's kindergarten oh. class. We were learning about Neptune. You don't remember? Wow. And um, yeah. Well, here's what happened in that day. <laughs> that was really strange what you did with and making eye contact with me was very weird while you were just reading um so for the top 40 uh the number one top 40 what the american top 40 on the billboard charts gotcha. for music oh is this yeah. something that casey should be telling us? i will i will put it in More notches to number two in our countdown. Let's go crazy by Prince and the Revolution. Now we're up to the new number one song on American Top 40 and the story of the first band to get a recording contract with a video demo. You know, these days it's pretty common for a band seeking a recording contract to submit a video as well as an audio demo of their songs. Some bands submit only a video. Well, someone had to do it first. It happened in 1976 in London. The band who did it were the Babies. It wasn't something they consciously planned from the start. It was more of an act of desperation. The former lead singer and bass player told us, no one was interested in us. We couldn't get signed because they'd hear the name Babies and think we were like Mickey Mouse and his friends, you know, Pluto and Donald. They wouldn't even listen to a band called the Babies. End of quote. Well, the Babies teamed up with producer Mike Mansfield and filmed themselves performing their songs. And they submitted that video demo on a video cassette to Chrysalis Records. The label executives heard and saw what the Babies were all about. A bona fide rock band. They liked what they heard and saw and signed them up. Well, the Babies had eight chart hits and three top 40s. Then in 1981, the group broke up. But they blazed a trail as the first band to get a recording contract because of a video demo. The former leader, bassist, and lead singer of the Babies is in our countdown with his first Top 40 solo hit. And this week, that Top 40 solo hit becomes number one. The new number one song in the USA is by a former member of the Babies, John Waite. And the song is Missing You. All right, we're back. So the number one movie was All of Me. What is oh, Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin. Uh, Lily Tomlin, great movie. Do you do you you want do you think, feel like you can do a summary of All of Me? Yeah. Uh, he or she is a a millionaire heiress type. Mm-hmm. She has some like 
hippie swami people in her entourage that uh, are they're supposed to transfer her body into somebody else, her spirit into somebody else. She's dying. Yeah, she's dying. And um, through a crazy series of happenstance, her spirit ends up in Steve Martin's yeah, body. Yeah, Steve Martin's her attorney, and she goes yeah. to visit him to change her will over to the woman that her spirit is going to be transferred into, which I just occurred to me, I have a novel that has almost, like, oh, there's a... Po- plot point that has that specific thing in it. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's kind of a Star Screams ghost situation. It, it is, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she dies at the law office, and then he tran- the Swami, not Swami, but the mystic transfers uh, her spirit into a bowl, which d- falls out the window and drops onto Steve Martin. And, then- and I'm trying to remember, so she was uh, kind of a bitch, as, yes. I, as I recall, and I, I don't remember what Steve Martin's hang-ups were. He was just dissatisfied with his life. Somehow they managed to learn lessons from each other. He he helped mellow her out, and she probably helped him be better. Some yeah, it's it's like a Sinbad house guest (laughs) situation. (laughs) I just remember the part where he was wanting to 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 bang down. She was she was in his head and and kept him from being able to do it. Oh, I don't. I think I feel like also she controlled like the left side and he controlled the right side, which makes no sense. (laughs) It's been a while since I've seen it. It was a good movie and a great song. Yeah, it's a variation on the old body swap trope. But Uh, it had done in a way that's very weird because you're not really swapping bodies. You're two for one. (laughs) It's a two. It'd be like if Fred Savage. And uh, Judd Reinhold or Judge Reinhold were in the same body at the same time. Judd Judd Reinhold is the the mashup of Judd Nelson and Judge Reinhold. <laughs> the great combo. Um, uh, what was happening in TV? Beverly Hills Breakfast Club. <laughs> I recently rewatched Saint Elmo's Fire, and as a forty year old, I'm just like, well, you guys are just like self centered dicks. I've never seen Saint Elmo's Fire. It's a real brat. It's a brat pack movie. I need to see Diner. I have that in my DVD collection. The television show? It. No, the Brat Pack movie. It's got no. It's uh, not. Uh, it's not a Brat Pack movie. It's not. It's, it's got it's a young uh, what's his balls from the wrestler uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. He was not in the Brat Pack. He's not. It also has. It doesn't Paul. count. No. Okay. That's like everybody in Young Guns is the Brat Pack and or Breakfast Club. Okay. Um, I also recently rewatched The Big Chill. Mm-hmm. Um, is that movie annoying? It's a lot of music. Shut up. You know you like that meme. <laughs> you did this joke last night. I did. Test <laughs> marketing a joke last night. this joke. It's the um, remix, remix edition of the, of the joke about songs. Speaking of TV, on the cover of TV Guide, for our younger listeners, TV Guide was a magazine. A magazine is a, a, a bunch of papers put together in a binding that was you yeah, purchase. I love it when you talk down to younger listeners. I know. I'm fun. Well, I mean, I'm fun. There used, I mean, there used to be uh, literally... Five, four to five stations. It's true. Three to five stations, depending on where you were. Unless you had and, cable. Had that right. cable sign. And then you had like 12 but, stations. Right. But for those of us that didn't have cable, uh, you would either weekly in the local newspaper get the list, the guide listing mm-hmm. of all the shows that were going to be on mm-hmm. that week. And you could also get the television guide, the TV guide that had the same thing, plus interviews and, and mm-hmm. random shit about the television programs. Right? Absolutely. What was on the TV guide? That on we the cover of the TV guide for September 19th, 1984, uh, that week was George Burns and Catherine Bach. 
Uh, it was, there was a burn. What those old fuckers have going on? Well, Catherine Bach was not old. She was young. <laughs> She's old now. <laughs> she may be dead now. Um, Burns, the, it was for a Bur- uh, George Burns TV special on NBC celebrating 80, his 80 years in show business. Hmm. He started when he was eight. He was born in 1896. Wow. Mm-hmm. He died at 100. Mm-hmm. What if they got George Burns to do Unicron? <laughs> I would love that. That'd be cool. He's Unicron smoking a cigar. Yeah. For a time, I considered I'm, sparing your little planet, I feel, Cybertron. Okay. That's my George I, I was getting a little bit of a Burgess Meredith out of it. Another great unicorn. Yeah, <laughs> Burgess Meredith were very similar. Uh, you know, they, they make good cups, obviously. Um, uh, then I just want to finish out with some trivia from the September 19th, 1984. Britain and China completed the agreement to transfer Hong Kong to China by 1997, which is a key plot point in the great... Action comedy Rush Hour. Mm, okay, uh, I've actually never seen the Rush Hour series. It's amazing. Chan uh, Tucker Tucker at it. Don't you ever touch a black man's radio? Is what he said. <laughs> I'm <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, the world population was four billion seven hundred thousand. We've almost doubled. Yeah. It's, awesome. That's a crazy low number. Uh, the most popular baby names, Western centric, were Jessica and Michael. Okay. Uh, the former WWE wrestler Eva Marie was born on this day. I don't know who that is. I don't either. But I looked. It was on a, a thing. It's on her. It's on Wikipedia. And there's a there's a pretty big overlap of Transformers and wrestling fans. So it's true. Uh, and it was international. It's international. Talk like a pirate day. Mm-hmm. It was happening even back then. We'll say. Okay. Oh, it just it just is. I didn't d- drill uh, into that one. Okay. I tried on the on the next one. We'll talk about. It. I made sure everything happened on the act. It was, was occurring in existence 84. at that point. Yes, time. yes, yes. So the next episode, I think, uh, was broadcast a, a, a month or two after. Yeah, it was October sixth. So uh, I would assume that a lot of the information you just shared was the same. Nope. I picked all new information. Uh, we would just rehash it out. <laughs> yeah, new, that's why I didn't there do was like new TV guides. There was new <laughs> billboard charts. Well, that's why I picked TV guide because I didn't want to do just TV, right? Because it would be like it would be repetitive. Yeah, it, it might not change. The world population was four million seven hundred seventy-four thousand five hundred sixty-nine three hundred and ninety-seven. Give or take. What's a one, actually? It is a one. No, I said seven to indicate the six people who were born from this episode to the next one. Oh, I get you. Great. It probably would have been. We're good at it. We're dragging on. We're good Uh, at this. Thanks, everybody, for listening. (laughs) Did you hate this this episode (laughs) and this segment? I thought it was fun. (laughs) Please continue to listen. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, tune in. iTunes users, please subscribe and leave a review. Uh, there's our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of them at APODDCast and the web presence, AutopodDeceptiCast.com. I'm going to have a lot for this episode. I bet you are. Watch, <laughs> I bet you watch are. out. Keep an eye out for that Patreon. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. We're putting it together. Uh-huh. And of Patreon. course, we'll tweet it out and like be obnoxious whenever it it actually happens. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. How was this episode, Aaron? Pretty good. Bye, yeah. bye, <laughs> bye. Um, I started watching Taxi. It's on Hulu. 
And uh, I had never really watched it before and didn't realize it was made by the same people who made Cheers. I did not know that either. It's like proto Cheers. I like I have a whole new Cheers uh, ep, like show to watch. It was five seasons long and it's really good. And they I always liked it whenever I'd see episodes. It's pretty great. Who's your favorite character? On Taxi? I mean, Judd Hirsch is the main character, the one you're supposed to like, and you do. But Right. Uh, Mary Lou Henner is very attractive. Back in that time. I like uh, yeah. I like Danny DeVito's character. Also very sure. attractive. And, and, and uh, who, who, who can't uh, enjoy and love uh, of, uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd's character? Yeah, I just got to the episode where he shows up. He Leather shows up Jim. to marry uh, Andy Kaufman, Zlotka, and some uh, uh, sex worker so that Lotka can stay in the country, which apparently is just an episode that's in every sitcom. And then he just sticks around after that. His, his character yeah. is just... I didn't realize... He becomes, such, I'll just hang here at the taxi station. That's a pretty good one. I didn't realize he was not, like... An original character, like actually, it's Lodka, like episode sixteen of season one. Real, wow! So Lodka actually came in before him. Was Lodka he was there, there from the beginning. beginning? Wow! So then they have two wacko characters. Yeah. Well, but Christopher Lloyd was a, probably a, a professional, like off professional off, wacko. <laughs> I mean, like he had that character, and then you know, but whereas, well, to be fair, he's a wacko character. Latka is a foreigner, <laughs> but so he just seems wacky. But I mean, in, because of his c- different culture. But I heard in real life, like he he could be troublesome on the set. Really? What's his face? Andy um, Kaufman. Yeah. Because oh, he was for sure. Irreverent. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah. So he's a, he's that, a pure a, artist. That's a fun way to say asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Uh, okay, so imagine you're Jim Carrey playing him in a major motion picture. You're like layers of asshole. Well, yes, you saw, <laughs> you never you saw the, Did you see the documentary? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually forgot Judd Hirsch was in it completely. Like I know him mostly from Dear John. I don't know if anybody remembers that. It's, Dear John. Yes. Yeah. By the Dear time you John. read this note, I'll be gone. I'll be gone. <laughs> no, no. I'll be gone. <laughs> right or wrong. Life goes on. That's whenever you could just professionally ghost. You just <laughs> dro- let somebody a letter on the mantle and poof, you're in the wind. Was so. Mary Lou Henner on that show too? I don't know. I All I remember about the show is that it was a show. Dear and, John. And that, that theme song. No. Uh, and then I remember him well from Independence Day. Oh yeah, he played uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum's, Goldblum's dad. dad. Just give me a you camera. don't really think they spent $300 for a hammer, do you? No, she wasn't. Life just a different right hand. Yeah. All right, let's get it going. All right. Brew Cells is the sponsor of Autopod Decepticast. Yes, 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 yes.